Welcome. You have entered the realm of 1111 Talk Radio. Your host is Simron. It's time to discover your own language with the universe. Empower yourself, broaden your mind, open your heart, and discover who you are. Now, here's your host, Simron. Welcome to another edition of 1111 Talk Radio. So wonderful to be with you again this week. I'm excited about our show. Uh, I love the term spiritual rebel, and we're going to dive more into that term with my guest, Sarah Bowen, in just a few minutes. But before we get started, I did want to mention that the brand new issue of 1111 Magazine is out and released. Uh, You can access that and all of the amazing individuals that are featured in this issue. Every issue, I do feature six individuals and what they're sharing with the world in a way to celebrate others. Uh, and to model that that is one thing that we are all here to do, and that is to celebrate each other for the gifts and blessings that we bring as human beings to the planet. My guest today is featured in the October issue, which is archived, so definitely go back and check that out as well. And as you learn more about Sarah, I hope you will go to her website and see all of the things that she is doing. Are you a spiritual rebel? Defining spiritual rebel is a bit like describing the rules of Fight Club. The first rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. Similarly, many of us have hidden our rebelliousness at one point or another. You don't speak about spirituality, and you don't even think about voicing the word religion. So what does it mean when we are a spiritual rebel? How do we express that and model that without the need to actually express that we are? Uh, We are going to be discussing Sarah Bowen's book, Spiritual Rebel, A Positively Addictive Guide to Finding Deeper Perspective and Higher Purpose Today. She is an author, multi-faith, spiritual educator, inspired speaker, and aspiring Jedi. Her first book, Void If Detached, Seeking Modern Spirituality Through My Father's Old Sermons, received numerous literary awards. She's a graduate of New York City's One Spirit Interfaith Seminary and is passionate about the study of the world's great faith traditions, as well as travel to quirky, spiritually charged locations. Uh, I will tell you more about Sarah as we move through the show and how you can connect to the many offerings she has. But for now, let's dive right in. Welcome, Sarah, to 1111 Talk Radio. Thank you, Simran. Thrilled to be here today. This term uh, has a really special place in my heart um, because I decided to venture on a tour of 66 cities into the unknown without a plan in an RV with my two children and a desire to put on a one-woman show without any preparation or any storyline as to what the show was going to be until I actually got on stage. And what unfolded was um, a very spiritually rebellious type of expression where I began to realize that there was nothing to fix, that there was really nothing outside or inside that needed to fix. And that, to me, became the meaning of spiritual rebel for me, uh, that it was that we were here to exude our essence and our creativity and our full expression and authenticity. I'd love for you to share what spiritual rebel means to you and what you are expressing through this book. 
Sure. I think I think at the heart of spiritual rebel for me is a refusal to be pigeonholed. Um, so I was raised a, a preacher's kid, and I you know I had some positive experiences from that, and then I had some you know some baggage that I collected along the way too. And so part of the rebellion for me was looking through, kind of as you're talking about in in, in your um, your journey as well, where we look through. Our, our baggage. We look through what we believe and what we may not have looked at for a while, and we figure out what needs to stay and what needs to be tossed out. So I think that that, that rebellion is, is really the beginning of the awakening. On the cover of your book, um, you have a row of sheep, and one of those sheep has a unicorn's horn uh, and is a different color. And unicorns have kind of come into their own as of late. I mean, you can find them everywhere. Everywhere, everything. right? <laughs> yes, and they are such a symbol um, for for so many things, and especially for little girls. I, I find particularly all the little girl stuff has lots of unicorns. What does this symbol represent? I know you write about it in the book, and what are we really seeing about ourselves when we identify with the unicorn? Yeah, you know, I was one of those little girls who loved unicorns. They were they were mystical. They were magical. They they had this kind of thing I wanted to touch, right? This I just really wanted to to believe in them, to to feel that you know kind of otherworldliness or that transcendence, and so it kind of stayed with me. It was lions and unicorns, lions and unicorns. And when we started to put the book cover together. You know, we were talking a lot about how being a rebel um, sometimes can separate us from others, right? Sometimes, mm-hmm. sometimes we can be a rebel where we just push everything away and I'm against this and I'm against that and I'm against that. And the point that I was really trying to make is that we can be rebellious, but we can also be part of community. So the idea of, you know, being able to be this crazy, wacky, quirky unisheep, if you will, I call him Unifred because I call everything I name Fred for some reason that's still unknown to me, um, but we can still be that that quirky ourself, but still be in community. And I think that's important because there's a lot of work that we need to do in this world and sometimes we need to do it together. Mm, you write in the book that... The unicorn may be our postmodern version of glimpsing the divine. And I think that, you know, throughout time, human beings have wanted to know their connection. And it, it for a long time, and for many religions or many people, that divine is still something that is external or still something that is somewhat separate. And yet, yeah. this statement says, I want to glimpse the divine, but it innately says within me. I think I think so, and I think that you know we we we're conditioned from small children that you know we need to look outside. We need to look outside, and I think a lot of us once we begin that kind of seeking of wait, you know, is it outside? You know, or is it? You know, I'm feeling, I'm hearing something, I'm feeling something, I'm I'm connecting to something deep within me, and and how can we do that? And then see the expressions externally. Um, so I think the unicorn. The unicorn really does that, and it, it gives us this idea to kind of transcend, you know, what we're stuck with, right? This idea that, that um, there's something beautiful out there, and it's not me. There's something transcendent out there, and it's not me. And to see what there is within us, that is exactly that. You know, we are the unicorn. We <laughs> yes. we're, looking, we're looking for the unicorn, but we are the unicorn. We are the unicorn. Mm-hmm. Uh, one other point that you bring up, uh, which I think also has been something that many 
individuals out there have had to heal through, whether it is their own battle with religions, their frustration with the world uh, and the things that are unfolding, um, or simply their own experience of whether it's their parents or the authority figure and the anger with, quote-unquote, God, that 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 name, that symbol, is something that has caused people to separate from religions, a lot of people. There's a turn from religion to spirituality now. And a a lot of our young people, especially our millennials, they'd much rather be identified uh, with as spiritual rather than as with a religion. And you write in the book, sex sandals, power plays, and the political co-opting of religion have turned many of us away from the religious institutions of our youth. Talk a little bit about how your book and specifically how you see that evolution, or is it simply, is it that we're moving towards spirituality, or is it that religion is also having to evolve into a new way and it in itself has become become spirituality? Yeah, that's the big question right now. I, I think that spirituality is what is expressed externally through religions, right? And so what I think we're tapping into now is that the outward expressions aren't necessarily keeping up with the inward evolutions. And so I think that this kind of spiritual but not religious kind of kind of statement is is really trying to say that. Um, I myself, you know, try not to use the spiritual but not religious term um, based on an experience I had once speaking where I... I I referred to myself that way, and someone came up to me afterwards and said, you know, I love what you had to say, um, but I identify as religious, and I want to know what it means when you say spiritual but not religious, because you don't say that you're a woman, not a man. You don't say that you're a brunette, not a blonde. And that that gave me a lot of thinking about, mm. really, how, how do I identify, and do I need to identify myself by um, placing myself against an other? And I realized I don't want to do that. So, you know, I would identify as, as spiritual. And when people ask, which religion do you follow? I say, all of them. Um, so, I think that there's something within me that wants to find all of those external expressions in our rich wisdom traditions. Pick a piece here, pick a piece there. Which tradition is helpful here? Which practice is good? And use what reflects what I feel inside as my deepest truth. And that's what Spiritual Rebel does. It's 21 days of practices from all over the world. So the idea is that you can dip into the wisdom that that is in religions, that we don't have to completely reject everything that has been going on for millennia. We just need to discern what's useful for, to us now. You said something really powerful in that um, we don't identify ourselves as brunette versus blonde or this versus that. Yeah. And, and even in looking at the cover of your book or the, the concept that you're putting forward with Spiritual Rebel, it is in the identification that we then become the pigeonholer of our own existence. It may have happened prior by conditioning, prior by parents, prior by culture. But when we anchor so deeply into saying, I am this, we do kind of limit ourselves into tapping into that more expansive knowing of I am the divine because we're shrinking it down. 
Absolutely. And, and whenever we're setting up that, that duality, we're, you know, we, we experience bias in the areas that we are most firmly identified in. So, you know, if I'm really identified with the fact that I am a woman, I'm going to lend myself to bias on that which is not woman, right? And so I think we've, we've got to start being able to identify in plural ways where, you know, we're able to see from multiple perspectives, we're able to understand, have good cultural understanding of, you know, all of the diversity that's in the world, whether it's in the human world, it's in the animal world. I do a lot of work in animal chaplaincy. So for me, being (laughs) is is much more than two-legged. But we, you know, whenever we we, um, double down in the area of what we're identified to, we, we create the other. And literally, you're saying what it must be to be the divine, because if we really look at what the divine is doing, it's peeking or peering through all of our different eyes to have different experiences, different perspectives. So by you saying, let's take this 21-day practice and see through the lens of these different traditions and expand our view and expand our consciousness and expand our perspective we're allowing ourselves to almost zoom out and see from that perspective of the divine. Yeah, and, and then that's based in the experience rather than in the belief, right? Because what can happen is we can get stuck in the conversations back and forth about, about you know, what's going on in our brains as, a, as opposed to what's going on in our being. And so what I realized when I started doing all these different practices from around the world, whether it was, you know, forest bathing or it was Lexio Divina or it was meditation or prayer or kirtan or meditating with my cats, right? I could touch that connection, that deep, deep I am connection through all of these different ways. And, you know, when you, when you feel that and you feel the, the healing and the love and the care and that, that just wonderful oneness where you are experiencing, I guess, as you would say, you're experiencing your experience experiencing itself, right? So we're consciousness yes. having that kind of um, understanding of, of all these different views of itself. How wonderful. And so we can tap into that through practice, And so that's what I'm trying to do for people is give you all these different gates or doorways or options of trying something out, let going of the expectation of what you think that's going to do for you, right? And to feel it. That's the key thing, to feel it. To feel it. A little snarky, a little sweet. Sarah Bowen proposes a God optional approach to spirituality that is alive, flexible, and positively addictive, bringing together insights from a wide range of traditions, from Taoism to Jediism to yoga to science. Spiritual Rebel presents three weeks of unconventional practices, including forest bathing, hiking, cat gazing, mindfulness, and sacred space crashing, to name a few. Combining pop culture with ancient wisdom, this book will help you, as well as agnostics, atheists, the spiritual but not religious, and the joyfully spiritually confused, curate meaningful spiritual moments throughout the day without having to commit exclusively to one path and never having to fear that they might be doing it wrong. So whether you're at the beginning of your spiritual journey or are a spiritual all-star, you will find new ways to connect with something bigger than yourself to seek your true calling. So hang on, it's going to be quite a ride as we continue this show with Sarah Bowen, author of Spiritual Rebel. You can find out more 
at www.spiritual-rebel.com. And I invite you to check out uh, Spiritual Rebel Live that is taking place January 26th in New York, or you can actually access it by Zoom from anywhere. That will be on her website, spiritual-rebel.com. Uh, slash workshop. So go to her website and find out all of the things that she's doing. We'll be right back after these messages. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Do you want more more joy, more abundance, more power and presence? How would it feel to have more loving relationships, more empowered community, greater fulfillment and life purpose? The 1111 Mastermind Community inspires, empowers, guides and supports transformation. Shift your mind, expand your heart, deepen insights, let go and chart a new course, dream a new dream. The 1111 Mastermind Community is an online portal for personal transformation and soulful expansion. Go to courses.1111mag.com. That's courses.1111mag.com. Change begins with you. Let it be simple, convenient, and transformative. The time is now. Step through the 1111 Gateway. Courses.1111mag.com. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. Simron is an award-winning author, publisher of 1111 Magazine, powerful speaker of wisdom, and a life mentor. Find out more at IamSimron.com. Now, back to 1111 Talk Radio. 
I invite you to explore all of the archives on 1111 Talk Radio. There are some amazing guests, and the information really is timeless. I have archives that go back 11 years, and there's something to get out of every single weekly episode that is there. So feel free to go through the entire library. Uh, This year's guests have been absolutely phenomenal, so make sure that you're checking them all out and allowing yourself the support of not only gaining the beautiful, rich dialogues and information from each episode, but gaining access to amazing teachers, speakers, coaches, and change agents that can impact your life. One of those of which is today. Sarah Bowen is the author, multi-faith spiritual educator, and inspired speaker, not to mention aspiring Jedi of this beautiful book, Spiritual Rebel, a positively addictive guide to finding deeper perspective and higher purpose. Uh, You can also check out her website where you will find different events and other ways to work with her, Uh, particularly take note of the January 26th Spiritual Rebel Live that is going to be in New York City and accessible anywhere by Zoom. Again, that website is spiritual-rebel.com. Whether you were raised atheist, rejected the religion of your birth, fell deeply in love with the spiritual path of your neighbor, or reframed and reclaimed the sacred through new perspectives, we have a place for you too. Because if you resist being pigeonholed, limited, or even defined, you are indeed spiritually rebellious. Although we each may tread a unique and profoundly personal path, if you reject what does not feel authentic to your own experience of spirituality, you are decidedly a spiritual rebel. This is from Sarah's book, Spiritual Rebel. Welcome back. Uh, have you found that the dive into the perspectives of various traditions is something that creates any resistance? And when that resistance does show up for individuals, what do you propose is the best thing to do in encountering some of those things that buck up against the traditional thoughts that they've had or create that discomfort? That's a great question, Simran. I think it does. It, it does create a resistance um, because, you know, we have, we have these internal conditioned ideas and we may have experiences. And I, I think there's a couple things that can be helpful. I think one is to always be gentle with ourselves. Um, forcing ourselves to accept something that we may not be ready for yet isn't isn't very helpful, right? So I advocate this kind of constant dipping and looking and learning and and just being aware of our experience as it is, right? Being being aware of the uncomfortableness and I'm uncomfortable here. Maybe I need to zig. Maybe I need to zag. I think the other thing is to let go of the expectations that we always need to feel some sort of blissful high in spiritual practice. Um, and, and if we don't, that somehow we failed, right? And we, we really judge ourselves. So kind of letting go of things. And again, going back to experience, you know, how, how are we just feeling our aliveness and our being? And, and, and can we tap into that? And and I think the final thing that's useful is to remember that there's so much diversity in each of these traditions, right? When people will say to me, well, Christians think X, Y, and Z. And I always want to say, have you asked all of them? You know, there's 9,000 denominations. Or Buddhists think this, you know, is kind of like saying Californians think this, right? We have to recognize that there's so much diversity within each of these traditions. And some stuff is going to work for us. And some is not, right? So we need to see what works what works for us and then let others have what works for them without judgment. 
I want to go to something that you just said, and, and it was about spirituality taking people to a blissful experience. And, and often when individuals, particularly when they're beginning any type of spiritual path, or especially if it's something unique and different, they can judge themselves if they're not having the same experience that someone else had or made up that they had. They can uh, think that their meditation is not good enough because they haven't ascended to the stars or that their experience of um, a vision quest was not adequate because they didn't experience it the same way that the other people in the group did. What do you feel like uh, is the the way that individuals need to enter not only these different faith traditions or exposure to new concepts, ideas, and materials, but particularly entering into the 21-day practice that you propose in your book, Spiritual Rebel. Is there a certain uh, stance or um, perspective that they need to ground in prior? (laughs) Yeah, you know, I think it's humor, I, I think that we need to be able to to observe ourselves and our experience and be able to laugh at some of the things that we do. You know, I, I'm I'm quirky and I'm that odd person who's, you know, sitting or maybe not odd, but I'm the person sitting at the meditation retreat that, you know, 15 minutes in gets the itch, right? And I start judging myself of should I itch? Should I not itch? Oh my God, <laughs> what are other people going to think about me if I itch? You know, and this whole inner dialogue that goes on. And I've started to just take that as something to laugh, you know, laugh joyfully with myself, not at myself, but with myself saying, okay, today, today's not my day to do a two-hour meditation. Maybe tomorrow is. Again, it's a gentleness and it's a joyfulness. And um, I don't think that, that the journey um, that, that we're on, and I, I know I love what you say, you're not on a journey, you are the journey, right? So, so being on that journey, um, you know, it's not about beating myself up. It's about being able to be weird and to be odd and to, I am this expression of consciousness you know, I'm this expression, right? You're that expression. Someone else is another expression. So why should all of our experiences be the same? I think Mm. it would be quite boring if all of our experiences were the same. So maybe vision questing works really well for you. Maybe singing kirtan really loud and off key in my car works for me. (laughs) Right. So, and you know, and people will laugh at me too. One of my big, uh, my big things is, you know, I'm really tapped into that expression of divinity as the Force from Star Wars. You know, it hit me as a seven-year-old, and I've never let it go. And so, you know, I'm able to. Some people may use a G word. You know, I I may use an F word. You know, I may say I'm tapping into the Force. Someone else may be tapping into something else. So, allow the diversity, and be able to. To, to laugh at ourselves. I was going to bring that up about your use of the Jedi uh, throughout the book. And in, I've watched some of your posts on Instagram and other social media outlets and things like that. And that's a really neat way to look at who we each are as we move through this uh, journey of time, to be Jedis of our own experience. Talk a little bit about that or, or how or when that shows up that you truly latch on to that idea or use it to support you in moving through something that might be challenging. 
Yeah, you know, I, I, I know that for you, you know, that, that the messages came to you through 1111, right? And those sightings yes. of 1111 everywhere you were, whether it was on a license plate or it was on a clock or wherever it was. Um, for me, it shows up through Star Wars. And so, mm. you know, I find it, it's very amusing. Uh, and the more I tried to escape it, the more the world kept talking to me through Star Wars um, with just these sightings of things or um, just these kind of messages or, or seeing things. And one example was I was interviewing a guy for the book that I really, really loved who was in England and he's a hairstylist who started this great Instagram tag called Do Something for Nothing. And he goes around the world traveling, cutting people's hair who are homeless, right? Mm -hmm. Seeing people who are unseen, hearing their stories, documenting it. And so I'm interviewing him and we're talking and he says, you know, I wasn't really brought up with a a spirituality that was packaged up in any way. You know, what's yours like? And I said, well, you know, I like to call mine the force. And he starts laughing and he says, you won't believe what I'm looking at. And he's sitting in London and the wall across from him, the outside of a pub, is a massive mural of Carrie Fisher as Princess Leia. (laughs) And it's those moments, it's these moments when we connect through something that's meaningful to us, whether it's it's a set of numbers, it's a set of words, it's uh, seeing light, it's that you always um, see a squirrel. I see squirrels when I'm in times of pain, they come and they give me messages. You know, we need to be open to where those messages come from. And sometimes they may come through pop culture, you know, mm. I, and, and that's okay. That's okay. It doesn't always need to be high, high spirituality, high church. Like you said, the stars. Maybe it isn't. Maybe for you, it's something else. But to listen deeply for whatever that is that's trying to speak to you. You know, when you're talking and, and you're expressing all of that, what I feel is th- there's a way to relax into our mm. spirituality. And yes. because it can be taken so seriously and and we can make it controversial and we can want to stand by what we think is right and what we believe in. But instead, to be able to relax into it, to have fun with it, to realize that it's all spiritual, that we can utilize any of it, and it can be fun, uh, would be a really fulfilling way for a lot of people, particularly if they have lost hope or um, are searching and seeking to grasp onto something. It's a much more lighthearted way and and way of light, pardon the pun, to go through it and to it. I think that's true. And, and lighthearted comes up a lot when people read the book. And lighthearted, not meaning shallow, right? There is, there is a lightness of being when we're able to relax into the, these things or try these things or not. You know, the Buddhists would tell us, you know, that this striving and this grasping and this holding on to, you know, am I at enlightenment? You know, these kind of things. It, it just works against us. So being able to see the joy and to um, to see the laughter. I mean, look at look at creation, right? Look at what's out there in the world. Look at a giraffe, right? That's amusing. Look mm-hmm. at the tall neck on that, right? Or look at the actions of, of some of the animals around us or some of the things that happen in, in the earth where, you know, large, uh, we were recently in Wyoming doing some climbing at Devil's Tower, um, oddly named, but, you know, this, this big, huge jut of land that sticks up out of flatness nowhere. 
out, out of anywhere. And so, you know, there's these anomalies, there's this quirkiness, there's this rich, rich diversity in the world. And so let's let's tap into that stuff, you know, find find what is what's amusing, what's interesting, rather than we're all supposed to be some sort of carbon copy of the perfect spiritual being. Right? Yes. Yes, and that that was a huge uh, part of what came through on the Rebel Road when I did the tour. Uh, number one, to to step out of that conformity and not be the carbon copy, but also that there was nothing to fight. And you write in the book, you never change things by fighting the existing reality. Yet this is what oftentimes the traditional rebel does: we fight against what we don't like instead of working for the change that we want to see. You state that to change is something is to really build a new model then that makes the existing models obsolete. Speak a little bit to that because one seems to look at the past and the other one seems to look forward. Yeah, and that's a quote from uh, Buckminster Fuller, who's the guy who invented the geodesic dome, Bucky Fuller, and he was just this amazing radically odd kind of evolutionary designer and uh, really worth looking up. But I, I love to tap onto this idea that when we're just fighting against something, right, again, we've created me and you, we've created right and wrong, we've created this space where we're shutting down a conversation that can happen because we're stuck in our own positions. Anyone who reads Dr. Seuss, you know, it's the North going Zacks and the South going Zacks and we just get stuck there. But if the idea is that we need to create change in the area where we, where we want to see change, right? And we're working towards something by building a better model, then maybe both of us can attach to that new model as opposed to just putting this this um, past kind of idea of mine is right, yours is wrong. And I see that happening. I mean, we see that happening a lot on social media right now too, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we stay in our silos. And so I think we've got to work towards change together. After we commit to our own wellness, deepening our perspective can lead to impactful choices that ripple out beyond our individual lives. Increasingly, Sarah found that looking at each decision in her life through a spiritual lens meant her search for meaning succeeds in going beyond self-centeredness. As she moved through her own experience, she ended up writing two books and has brought forward her latest, which is Spiritual Rebel, a positively addicted guide to finding deeper perspective and higher purpose. It is something that will support you whether you are at the beginning of your spiritual journey or you are a spiritual all-star. You will find new ways to connect with something bigger than yourself to seek your true calling. Sarah is an author, multi-faith spiritual educator, inspired speaker, and aspiring Jedi. Her first book, Void If Detached, Seeking Modern Spirituality Through My Father's Old Sermons, receives numerous literary awards, and you can find her new book as well, Spiritual Rebel. Uh, definitely connect with her on Instagram. You can see a lot of the lightheartedness that comes through her personality and her expression there. And most definitely connect to her on her website, spiritual-rebel.com. We'll be right back after these messages. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Do you want more? 
more joy, more abundance, more power and presence? How would it feel to have more loving relationships, more empowered community, greater fulfillment and life purpose? The 1111 Mastermind Community inspires, empowers, guides and supports transformation. Shift your mind, expand your heart, deepen insights, let go and chart a new course, dream a new dream. The 1111 Mastermind Community is an online portal for personal transformation and soulful expansion. Go to courses.1111mag.com. That's courses.1111mag.com. Change begins with you. Let it be simple, convenient, and transformative. The time is now. Step through the 1111 gateway. Courses.1111mag.com. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. Simron is an award-winning author, publisher of 1111 Magazine, powerful speaker of wisdom, and a life mentor. Find out more at IamSimron.com. Now, back to 1111 Talk Radio. Being a spiritual rebel does not mean setting ourselves up as superior to people who are involved in religion. It's time to stop dumping everything we dislike about people onto the word religion. We're simply too smart to sit in denial of where our spiritual practices come from or conveniently ignore the immense good done by many communities that consider themselves religious. Instead of throwing the baby out with the proverbial bathwater, walking a sacred path necessitates mining the religions and wisdom traditions of the world for their finest bits. This is from Sarah Bowen's book, Spiritual Rebel, a positively addictive guide to finding deeper perspective and higher purpose. You can find out more about everything that she is doing at spiritual-rebel.com and definitely check out the upcoming Spiritual Rebel Live in New York, January 26th. You can access that by Zoom no matter where you are. Just go to her website and you can find out more details about that. Sarah, one thing that takes place for many individuals is they're simply trying to survive the life that they have. They're bumping up against their Mm. challenges, their obstacles, 
And it becomes more about how can I survive and thrive through where I am. But when we look at the world and we also see the bigger picture of what so many other people or communities or or factions of people or countries are going through, how do we move from the me to the we? Or how do we make it all-inclusive to where I can take care of myself and I can also participate in the health and well-being of a greater collective that I'm a part of? That's an excellent question. I think, you know, for me, you really just hit something in my heart right there too, Simran, with the, you know, that many of us are just trying to deal with what's going on, right? We're trying to get healthy. We're trying to deal with what's going on in our lives. And we have a lot of things that, that are often going on. My own story has has addiction in there. I've got excellent genetics for alcoholism and they took root. And, you know, I spent a lot of years just trying to get myself to understand I needed to brush my teeth every morning and how to get to work, right, while battling addiction. And so I think for many of us, that's the first step, right? How do I get healthy? How do I get connected? How do I connect to whatever that divine connection is for me? But if we stop there, right? It can start to go to, it's just about me. And when it's just about me, I miss the opportunity to, to become this thing that, that is the we, right? And there's a lot going on in the world right now that needs people gathering together for impact. Uh, one of the things that, that weighs really heavy on my heart is what's happening with animal farming and that, re- and that relationship to climate. And so, you know, that's something where I can have a little bit of impact as me, but when I'm grouped up, I can have a bigger impact. And traditionally, religious organizations did th- fulfilled that role right? Fulfilled that role of community and service. And so all of those of us who are kind of out and not um, not tied down to one particular institution, we have to be a little more creative about how can we gather with each other to, to you know, to see the change we want to see in the world. So we have to move from the space of me to the space of we. Mm. And in moving from that space of me to that space of we, it does mean our personal responsibility in looking at how we can grow, how we can ground, how we can heal. But a point that you bring out in the very beginning of the book has to do with our sacred trash. Mm. And I think that that's something that oftentimes unconsciously we keep dragging around and placing (laughs) placing not only continually in our own lives, but we can um, inadvertently carry that sacred trash into the very things that we're wanting to change. So talk a little bit about how we need to throw out our sacred trash and how we begin doing so. I think that that happens as we form good relationships, soul friendships, or as we have good mentors or coaches or people that we're working with who can help mirror for us or can help prod us or poke us lovingly um, when we're kind of doubled down in, in a belief that uh, that may need to be looked at. For me, I had, I had so many different ideas about, you know, what religion was, what I was allowed to do. Um, you know, things that I had to I had to look at. You know, I grew up in I grew up in the '80s. We had a lot of things that we were told about sexuality, a lot of things that we were told about gender roles that I needed to look at again. And so, for me, that was really helpful to do um, with sangha, with with a community of loving people who were able to help me explore my beliefs and figure out, give me permission in a way, 
you know, I, I felt like I needed permission, someone to say, it's okay for you to drop that baggage, drop that rock. And that's where, you know, spiritual direction or coaching or those kind of things can be super helpful. I think it's so easy when we look at the news or we do look at the different things that are going on in the world or it appears that there's always just the negative, like where's the silver lining sometimes, you know? And and in a, the cha- one of the chapters in the book, you, you kind of phrase it as constantly looking for Darth Vader. You know, we, we can keep <laughs> looking for the dark side. It's either Darth Vader or Lord Voldemort. It depends on if you were <laughs> exactly. born on Star Wars or you were born on Harry Potter, right? We're looking for that darkness. Yeah, so in looking for that darkness, number one, we're not really going to get anywhere. But yet the, the, there is a value to recognizing it. Uh, there's a value to being willing to see our own shadows and and then understanding what to do with those shadows, what to do with that darkness, how that outer world, uh, Darth Vader or Lord Voldemort, is really helping us to see something that we can heal both internally and on a consciousness level, which helps to shift things uh, globally as well. Speak a little bit uh, to the shadow or the darkness or shifting that constant looking for the negative. Well, it is. And, you know, that's why that idea of the force was always so resonant for me as a child, right? Because you had this idea of this energy that could be used in multiple ways. So it was one thing that could be used in this positive way or this negative way, as opposed to kind of two beings, which was the idea I was raised up. You know, there was this God and there was the Satan. But there was this idea of this, this one energy that can be used to help nourish the world, or it can be helped, or it can be used to contract the world, right? So the idea of <laughs> the idea of being this Jedi who was kind of guided by these older Jedi's who could help me look at that was something I was interested in looking for. And you know, I know realize a lot of these myths, you know, Star Wars and Harry Potter and and the Matrix and Black Panther and wherever we look in pop culture, are based on archetypes, are based mm-hmm. on Jung, are based on Joseph Campbell, all these people who looked into these, these um, collective consciousness types of things, right? And so it it that journey, I think, is keeping our eyes open to being able to listen to others. To be able to hear where we might be creating pain where we don't mean to. And so I think that, again, helps us to, to figure out how can we be, you know, how do we bring love into the world and how do we bring lightness and how do we bring the things that we want to. But it's not by ignoring where the pain and the suffering and the darkness are. If we just ignore that, we're on spiritual bypass and that doesn't help anyone. And we can look at some of those things as as grave as they are, as heart-wrenching and heartbreaking as they are, one of the greatest things we can do is bring an innocent or fresh lens to them so that we don't continue to hold them in the same place that they are. And I think that speaks to a little bit about um, even what Buckminster Fuller was saying in terms of looking forward rather than looking back, looking at a creative side rather than focusing on the problem but that doesn't mean negating the problem correct? no it doesn't and it, it doesn't and it also means having a lot of courage and I think that that's something that gets strengthened strengthened by our spiritual practice and by that connection 
that we get is is the courage to look into places and to look into beliefs that we have, to look into areas that are dark, you know, to, to understand that the things that we see in other people doing that just drive us nuts are the things that we probably do to a lesser level. And we need to be able to see um, everyone's got that divine spark, right? But we need to be able to see where where our own um where our own darkness is, and to, and to look at it, not to judge ourselves by it, but to be able to have the awareness so that we can transform, so that we can creatively, you know, change. And with your book, having the 21-day practices and being grounded in the many different spiritual traditions, how does that expand or deepen someone into greater courage? Because I think we have those aha moments or those insights when we're in practice. So that idea of, you know, when you get to that space where your edges start to kind of fade away and then you feel the oneness or in the flow or I guess we'd say strung with the force in Jedi Mm -hmm. terms, um, where we get to that space, that's where often we can hear ourselves best. We can hear the deepest truths the best is in that practice. It isn't in, it often isn't in our dialogue or our analytical kind of sorting of things. So being able to integrate practice into our day integrate connection um, try things also that you know we might think are weird or things that we think well that's not going to do anything for me and see what arises let it happen Um, it's like that idea of you know what happens when you journal with your non-dominant hand something happens in the brain right where all these other things come up when we use a non-dominant hand so in spiritual rebel what I'm really trying to do is provide opportunities for the reader to tap something deeper in a place that they might not have gone in the first place. And for someone that is moving through the process of the 21 days or or curious about it, speak a little bit to what that 21 days looks like or feels like. Sure. First of all, there's a lot of fun involved in it. Um, So each day has a different theme. So Monday through Friday are practices that we do by ourselves, right? So we have Mindful Mondays and Talking Tuesdays, Wonder-Filled Wednesdays, Trekking Thursdays, and Fearless Fridays. So there's a theme, there's a little bit of a story that I provide, uh, and then some practices, and then these rebellious variations. So if, you know, if you don't like the way I wrote it, you can try this way, or Plan B, or Plan C, or Plan D. And then there's some resources uh, for other books and movies and things you might want to dig in if it, if it works for you. And then on the weekends, uh, Saturdays and Sundays move from the me to the we. And Saturdays are uh, Save a Saturdays, so that's about service and connection. And Sangha Sundays, and that's about finding our tribe or finding the people that we can go and make change with. So it's it's meant to be a lot of fun, like we said before. It's meant to be lighthearted, but it's also meant to seek to sink into real deep wisdom, um, and and to bring up those kind of eternal ideas that that underlie all of the different traditions and practice and science and philosophy, and to tap all of that. And do you recommend that individuals go through this process by themselves, or is this something that they? can hook up with a group of girlfriends or a group of men uh, can come together and move through that? 
It's it's both. And we actually have on the website, um, we have a whole tab for book clubs and a lot of resources. We have a book club guide. Uh, we also have a guide for people who are spiritual directors or companions or mentors who might want to go through this one-on-one with, with a client uh, or someone they're working with. Or as a book club, it can be a lot of fun um, because one of the practices is, you mentioned it earlier, sacred space crashing. And that's the idea of going into other communities and saying, hey, I'm a visitor. I just want to hear about what you're doing here and try it with you. And that can be so much fun as a road trip with a group of friends. And then you have someone to bounce things off of. Now, fear is probably the thing that holds everyone back from stepping into anything, whether it's something new or whether it's into their passion and purpose or whether it is moving out of something that has gotten so comfortably uncomfortable that they just don't even know that they need to move from it. Mm. Uh, you have you have in one of your sections, Fearless Friday, um, something called From Fear to Eternity. Talk a little bit, we've only got a couple of minutes left, so talk a little bit about that just to give an idea of what one of these looks like. Yeah, the idea is to stretch our growing edges. So to, to be gentle with ourselves, but to also push ourselves. So I think the idea is we always think that we have to get rid of fear. And my suggestion is we don't get rid of fear. We just stop fearing fear. And so the book gives us some of those practices of what do we do when fear arises? You know, how, how, how do we work with that and what can we do? Because it, it's not going to be gone completely all the time. It's going to pop up. Uh, but how, how do we work with it when it appears and, and help so that it doesn't stop us on the journey? It's crucial that our spiritual lives are not about merely chasing joy, serenity, and bliss. In times of stress or loss, our deeper perspective can provide the support we need to deal with the pain we are experiencing inside. Further, it can help us be the life preserver for those around us who are suffering. As we traipse along through our chaotic world, a world brimming with conflict, our spiritual connection can provide much-needed balance and healing. Just like the Japanese art where cracks in pottery are mended with powdered gold, we can repair our broken parts, not by hiding them, but by shining light into our fractures, honoring them as part of our history and pieces of who we are. Spirituality is the golden glue that holds us together solidly enough to ask the most profound questions. This is from Sarah Bowen's book, Spiritual Rebel, a positively addictive guide to finding deeper perspective and higher purpose. Find out more about her and all of the things that she's doing at spiritual-rebel.com. My guest next week is Jim Phillips. I hope you'll join me as we dive into the keys to life. Thank you, Sarah, for being on 1111 Talk Radio. And I am Simran, in love, of love, with love, and as love. Be well. Thank you for opening your mind to a new reality, your heart to greater compassion, and your experience of aliveness with 1111 Talk Radio. Join host Simran next Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern Time to step through the gateway of conscious living here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Remember, you are not on the journey. You are the journey. 